Hey, it's Grandpa Jim. Welcome to Motivation Central Station. I've been holding off on doing a show on a podcast on stand-up comedy just because uh, my stand-up comedy stuff that I write about or I put out any videos on always tends to get a lot of attention really easily. Um, I set out to write a stand-up comedy 101 book, Live, Laugh, and Perform. And when I set out on that venture, I all of a sudden uh, was sitting in some drug and alcohol classes. I was working on my first degree at that time and realized I really had to get some stuff out on mental health first. I had lost four friends to drug and drugs and alcohol by the time I was 28. Uh, those guys should be in their 50s and 60s. A couple had children before they died. So I've done a lot of work on uh, families, uh, created a lot of resources for families that have addiction and have had histories of addiction. One of the series is set up to sit down with your kids, not let the school do it, but you take control in your hands. If you're, you've been a pro, uh, family that's been cursed with this disease, um, it's up to you. You can't wait around. Your kids are most likely going to have addiction. You know, it's like eye color. So anyway, with that being said, I started the comedy college in 1999 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And then I quickly moved the school around 2001 when the big planes went in to the big buildings. Um, and I knew a lot of people were changing careers at that time. And I always wanted to take my comedy classes into Chicago. Uh, I consider Chicago, Illinois, the comedy capital of the world. Um, all of my students that have had great success, like being on uh, Comedy Central, um, Netflix specials, they all started with me in Chicago. I've had a lot of people here in Wisconsin that became club comics that would tour, but most of the television success came out of my classes in Chicago. People moved to Chicago just to learn comedy. Anybody that you've seen on Saturday Night Live, um, Mad TV, those sorts of shows, they come to Chicago and they train and you know, uh, a lot of people say, can uh, comedy, you know, be learned and taught? Yes, to a certain extent. Yes, you have to have talent. But everybody has a funny bone. Some people, it just takes longer. I got to do a set with Lewis Black when I was first starting out. I went to Zany's in Chicago on their showcase night and I bombed horribly. <laughs> I was yelling at the audience. I didn't even know who Lewis Black was at that time. And then he was the headliner on the show and he uh, he came out and he started yelling at the audience. He started, he killed them. He crushed them. He had a great set. And I'm like, you know, why didn't they like my stuff? What's going on? He says, well, you really can't open, be an opener and start yelling and, and shouting and, 
And uh, he said, me, they kind of know I'm going to come out and yell and shout, and they love it, you know. And uh, so he encouraged me to keep working in that vein, but eventually I got tired of the act, trying to act so angry all the time. So, I, you know, nowadays I work on more things that I feel uh, more political stuff, more things from my point of view. Um, so anyway, the reason why I'm kind of jacked up tonight is I... Went over to a club where I run my classes. They reopened. He had nobody in there, but, um, you know, I got those good vibes. I always feel great uh, being around my comedy friends. I feel great just being uh, around comedy and joke-telling. You know, I've created a lot of resources on humor, how to get humor in your life, like, just because it's COVID-19 don't mean we can't make jokes, folks. You know, like, like, don't let it steal your joy. Like, let it steal your bank account. Let it steal, you know, we're, we're all going to be eating freaking beans. But you know what? Let's, let's, you know, let's get this party started. <laughs> like, like, let's not run around all depressed our whole lives. But anyway, so if you want to be a stand-up com- comedian, right? Number one, I tell all my friends, like, if you're listening to this, there's a good inkling you, you know, you're interested, right? Like, like most people don't want to be a stand-up, you know? You know, most people, I take a flyer and I advertise my comedy class on it and I papered the cities of Milwaukee and Chicago and, and... when people see my sign, you know, and say, hey, stand-up comedy 101, most people look at that sign and go, no, I don't have to worry about doing that. You know, I have such a fear of getting up in front of people. I'm not going to do that. And then you're going to take it to another level. So when people come into my class, when they actually show up, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that made it to the front door and never walked into that class, uh, one of the guys that I had the good fortune of working with, uh, who's gone on is Nate Bargatze and Nate, uh, Nate said his biggest fear was coming to my class all the time. Like he told me once that he wished the class was burnt down and, you know, so he went to had to go up each week. But the great thing about Nate is he pushed through his fear, you know, so, uh, so if you do, you know, want to do this, trust your instincts. You're in the right place because anybody can take a good night, but very few people can take rejection on a bad night. And unfortunately, all stand-up comedians, um, you know, torch and burn. Even if you have some time behind you, I've managed a comedy club and we would get acts from... SNL and other comedy outlets uh, for television, big name credits, people that worked with guys like Sam Kinison and stuff like that, and uh, a guy by the name of Carl Laveau, he's still around, he's awesome, Um, they would work in our club, and they would kill them, you know, certain guys like Carl Laveau, like, didn't, I've never seen him lose, but I've seen guys of his status not get crowds. And uh, so it can happen to anybody. But here's the number one question. You want to be a stand-up comedian. If you can figure out what makes you unique. Like I have a friend. 
Uh, his name's Jim Rule. He's been on some stuff on Showtime. He's a Milwaukeean that moved to West LA. And he has got a lot of jokes written because he has such a unique experience being a Native American. You know? And so... So, he doesn't have to search so far, but some of us, they say, are more vanilla. And uh, we don't have a lot of, you know, something like that that'll separate us. Um, If you're from another culture, that's always interesting to audiences right then and there. Uh, So, one of the people I worked with, she had OCD. And you wouldn't think OCD would be funny and... uh, I'm going to tell you, and this is truthfully what her OCD was. Her OCD was she would think of how she could kill people. (laughs) So she said if somebody was standing by a Christmas tree, she would say like, oh man, I could, I could put those, you know, I could tie the lights around their neck or I could, uh, and, uh, she was very, um, timid like person, you know, and you would never imagine that, uh, with this book under that cover was this this uh, disorder that she had, or she thought she could plug them in and have your feet in water and stuff. But, but it was funny on stage, like you know, your worst nightmare or that thing you were picked on in school that when if you were bullied by the bully, you know, that's the thing that might be your career. If you know, in comedy, man. The world's your oyster. If you see 600 different comedians uh, tonight, they're going to have six different acts, you know, and and that um, thing that, uh, you know, you were picked on or whatever. Um, The other beauty about stand-up comedy, what's your political views, you know? Um, It's a great space to talk about. I love it. Um, there's a documentary around called Dying Laughing, and it opens, and in the you know first minute or two of this thing, they flash to Chris Rock, and he says, you know, as stand-ups, we're the last philosophers on earth. Like, the guy at the open mic is the last philosopher on earth because he's not censored. Jimmy Fallon, every night is censored on what he can say. Anybody that does a uh, Conan O'Brien appearance, unless they're super squeaky clean, a lot of times they'll ask you to drop just one single word out of your act. Um, In the documentary comedian that Jerry Seinfeld uh, put together, and this is the thing to... Realize it's a long, arduous journey to be a good stand-up. You know, and you'll hear this over and over. It takes a good ten years just to figure out what the heck you're doing. You know, and so um, you know you'll watch Jerry Seinfeld in that film. And I did the math for when I put together my book. Stand-Up Comedy 101, Live, Laugh, and Perform. It's on Amazon. But it's 3.75 minutes that Jerry Seinfeld creates a month in this documentary. It takes him a year and a half to put together an hour and a half special. 
you know. So, and we're not Jerry Seinfelds. So if you come up with five to ten minutes a month and you're just starting out, that's gold. That's really great progress in stand-up comedy. So do you have the ability to take rejection in the beginning, you know, and I'm not saying it's all downhill. Uh, my first performance, I took a stand-up class, and I was petrified of getting on a stage, and I pulled my car over before I went to the club that night. I'm like, I cannot do this. There's no way. I, you know, I'm not a public speaker. I don't get up on stage. I don't... And then I remembered I invited a lot of friends and family out to this to this show. And I said to myself, well, you can have five minutes of humiliation. Or if you don't get on that stage, you're going to be humiliated by 20, 30 of your friends for the rest of your life. So I decided that I would, you know, let it rip. And it probably was... Uh, you know, God's laugh at me because that was one of the best performances I ever had in my life. And then, you know, it just hooked me. And I was an addict my whole life, and I still am because once you are, you always are. But I didn't know I could feel so good from laughter. Like when I came off stage the very first time, I'm like, where has this been my whole life? I've been trying to find it in a beer can, I've been trying to find it in a you know, smoking weed, whatever, and, uh, you know, all these things outside of me to make myself feel better, and so I've been just addicted to it, and um, I did do a film on mental health and stand-up, it's on Amazon Prime, it's called Laugh Addict, Toxic Drug, or Best Medicine, um, I work with some PTSD-type people nowadays, and it it covers a guy that um, I bumped into in recovery and stuff, and he wanted to do stand-up. And uh, so I follow his life for about uh, nine months, six, nine months. And the guy was ready to jump off a bridge when I uh, met him. And then he, today he works in the same occupation I do in mental health. Um, doing peer support and drug and alcohol, working with people with mental health problems and drug and alcohol, substance abuse issues. Uh, so he's on the right path. And I'm not saying comedy is going to put you on the right path, but um, the film definitely gets a lot of rave reviews from people that are in recovery. And you might want to check that out. So this is going to be the first talk that I give on stand-up. Um, and I'm going to do them periodically because I, I feel the rest of the work that I do, um, the other episodes I have put on here about empowering your life and goal setting, you know, they kind of go hand in hand with the stand-up. You know, if this is a dream and goal, then subscribe to my channel. And then every two weeks I remind you, are you on your goal? Are you doing what you should be doing? You know, to have that coach in your ear, you know, to help you. So other than that, kids, um, it was great hanging out with you. So what's that thing that makes you unique? And then I want you to think about, you know, five things you like and five things you don't like. It's the first assignment in my book. And then we always try to write them down in a joke form. 
and uh, we'll pick up more on this conversation in another time. Um, I also like covering things about conspiracy theories and stuff like that, too. Um, so I'll be covering some of that. But uh, if you like these kind of talks, please hit subscribe. Uh, if you could share it on other platforms, I'd be, you know, greatly appreciated it. And uh, have a wonderful, awesome day. And, uh, you know, I always encourage all my people that listen, let's go help somebody today. Um, you know, with no... We're not looking for anything in return. We're just trying to help somebody that's not capable of cutting their grass, somebody that's not capable of grocery shopping. Maybe take uh, your son, daughter's child, your grandchild, or a neighbor's child to give the mother and father a break, something like that. And, um, And then I say... If you don't have anything to give to anybody, we can always give a smile. So uh, have a wonderful, awesome, wholesome, wonderful, terrific day. So what makes you unique? And then I'll have more stuff about stand-up coming. Again, I didn't want to put it out there until I had a little bit of a library on mental health to inspire and empower people. So adios, amigos.